I've heard of this website and that's all it is. It's just people like it's actually it's 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 one of these weird things where I know what the internet's capable of cuz I've seen the matrix. I know what's going on here, folks. We're all plugged in, this, that, the other. But there are actually the websites out there. You don't actually have to access the dark web to see a video of somebody being electrocuted and exploding. Like, that is far more accessible than you think. I've seen a few. Have you ever seen someone die on the internet? I've never seen. I know. I've never seen that. No, no, no. no. I'm not saying decapitated, but in general, like, see the video where you're like, I think that guy's probably dead after that. Uh, I like I can't say that I think I have because if it's on YouTube, think, surely they cannot show a video of somebody die like being dead on YouTube. I think I, well, I think I saw a video on YouTube the other day of um. Actually, there was a few that I saw on YouTube that I think they maybe I got to take down. One was a police chase where it was um, a guy who was like a tactical guy, and he's like, "We're gonna examine this body cam footage to see how well this guy did." And then he chased the guy down on a block and then just like unloaded three shots into him. Osama bin Laden style started to bring up SEAL Team 6. Um, and I think that killed him. But I think they showed that. It wasn't like you didn't see like in the movies like like blood squirting out the back slow-mo. And it's like, that's my brother. You can't do this shit anymore. Why? Why him? It wasn't that. It was just like a guy falls. And the other one I saw was during the Capitol riots. You remember how there was, um, like, they were trying to bust through one of the doors? Yeah. And then, yeah, this one was just, like, I think this one stuck with me the most because it was just, like, I think everyone just realized at the same time, like, oh, we shouldn't be doing this. This is not good. Because there's guards on one side of the door, and then they were, like, stop banging against, you You can't come in. They're, like, do we need justice? We need justice. <laughs> and then... Um, that like I think they're slamming against the door. The cops have their guns drawn. They're like, we will use force. Do not come through this door. And then they bust through the they like break the glass or something like that. And then one fearless lady's like, I I'm gonna go through this door for America. And then, yeah, for America. Um, and then they shot her and she just fell. And then everyone went silent. It's like, oh, oh, we shouldn't. Oh, you got. Oh, this isn't a game, is it? You're like, no, no, no. We said, don't go. We'll shoot you. We gave plenty of warning. And then the realization that she died for a man who will never know her name. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I saw that one too. I do remember. I guess, I don't know. If she, did that woman die right there? Or did, was it kind of like she was sure taken out like and it. maybe went to the hospital and died? But yeah, but that, whoever that person was, that was a really funny moment because... Like, that was the moment where shit could have hit the fan. Because the cops were there, guns drawn, ready to go. Yeah. They take a shot. All that was needed was for one of these terrorists to shoot back. And then that would have been literally, like, that was the one moment. If if we're talking Nexus-level events, shout out to all my uh, Loki fans out there. Are you up on the MCU that was the moment where all what was needed was one of those redneck terrorists to shoot back and then that would Do have they been, have guns inside of the um, capital like building? the terrorists who came in yes see that's the thing right like they came like I don't know about Washington DC's open carry laws but these people came from all over the place and they don't give a fuck like all that like that was the moment where if somebody shot back 
shit would have hit That's the fan. A, yeah. There would have been... That's a good point. I didn't think about it that way. That was the one... Nobody shot back, which is the, uh, like, thank Christ nobody shot back. Uh, that would have been fun to see, Cam. I've shot a gun a couple times. I went to Las Vegas, went to a shooting range. I went pop, 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 pop. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, it would be tough to shoot somebody to take a life. But unless, like, you know, in that situation, I would have been like, hell yeah. Okay, don't come any closer. Yeah, don't, don't come any don't closer. That door. If I will you come any you. closer, I'll shoot. I, I, if you open I'll the shoot. door, I'll shoot. Okay. I don't. I. Yeah. I cannot think. Yeah, of you're it. like. What did you think was gonna happen? You, I was gonna be like, oh, you called my bluff. I cannot. I shoot cannot you. think of a more justified killing than when a terrorist in that when when hordes of terrorists infiltrate a government building, you give them so much warning, and then you yeah. let one off. Um, I don't know what that cop's name is, but he's an American hero. Kick it. <laughs> Continuing tonight on two C's in a pod. 96.7 on your. Two C's in a pod, 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 two C's just like two C's in a pod, two C's because we're two C's in a pod, two C's just like two C's in a pod, two C's in a pod at gmail.com. Welcome to the Steel Team Six podcast. I'm Jocko Willink with my co host Echo Charles. Good morning, Echo. Sierra Hotel, Lima, Charlie, Delta. Uh, xenophobic, zeb- uh, terrorist, zebra. Nazi. Two season pod here, folks. My name is Cameron Osborne. Uh, you're Cam LeClaire, and uh, welcome to another episode of the show. Welcome to episode 88, the big O. Is that what they called him? No, 88. What, what did they call Eric Lindros, the big fuck nut? What was his nickname? <laughs> uh, the big bastard, number 88, is coming down the wing. Yeah, he had he had the he guy had, who the guy who refused to sign with the team he was drafted by. He had he had a name of some kind, but uh, but this is a podcast. Hey, this podcast posted by the two of us. Uh, we play some games, we catch up on the week, and uh, we talk about the Montreal Canadiens uh, off season. You know, just a real real Montreal Canadiens focused podcast. Yeah, uh, really trying to pivot, Cam. Uh, we've you know we've we've listened to a lot of our stats going on online and what the fans are saying. What's up, old slobs? Um, and yeah, and they said, you know what? Uh, and the responses were really that, you know, neither one of us are Montreal Canadiens fans. However, fa- the people would like to see a podcast about the Canadiens hosted by two f- by, by two hosts who are not particularly fond of the team itself. Don't like them. Don't like them. That's never don't have. like them. Don't know much about them. Strong opinions, though, and that's what you want. That's and what some you want. Strong opinions with limited knowledge. Well, it's because I feel like all you need to know about the Canadians is they've won what twenty-five cups. Because that's literally the only thing a Canadians fan will tell you. Like, yeah. When was the last player who wanted to be in Montreal? When was the last MVP from Montreal? Patrick Waugh. I don't know, probably Guy Carboneau. Well, I was going to say, when was the last... Uh, yeah, 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 even further back. Yeah, when a French-Canadian demands a trade from the organization, you know there's got to be something wrong with the organization. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not good. Not good when y- your first language, no one else speaks, and you're like, I want to go away from here. It would be like, picture you're a racist, anti-Semitic uh, woman-hater... 
and then you're not happy about being on the Boston Bruins. I mean, it's like the, the city's fucking made for you. The city is made for your misogyny, uh, yet you want to be traded. Uh, <laughs> and that's it. Fuck yourself, Bruins. Yeah, I said that. Beantown boys, suck my cock. Speaking of sports, big big sports weekend this weekend, and my chops are fucking ready for them. Cam, we got, you're not going to care about this one, the Ryder Cup. You know what that is? That's uh, That's OHL. No, right? that's the golf tournament where Damn. they go Canada or sorry USA versus Europe. Oh but it's yeah, not no, individual it's players. Pointless. Uh, they go. It's actually pretty interesting because it's not like the typical like who's the best golfer. It's all team based points. So you'll have pointless. It would be like if me and you were on a team or me and you were on a pairing and then we were going against another pairing for one round. We're just gonna. I'm gonna drive. Then you hit the next shot. Then I hit the next shot. Then you hit the next shot. Mm-hmm. And um, no matter what our score is, if we won more holes than the other team, then we win one point. Just a completely different concept of golf. Yeah. Second sports event that no one's going to care about. Big boxing match on this weekend. Canelo Alvarez coming back in the ring versus Caleb Plant. We had some controversy in the stare down where there was, for some reason, zero security uh, when they had a face off. One guy said, what's up, motherfucker? And because there was a translation problem, he said, you fucked my mother. And then he threw a slap. But Canelo Alvarez, head movement, slips it, cracks him. And then you're like, the fight's over already. If you can have reflexes like that, what's going to happen on Saturday night? And then we have, uh, after that, big UFC card on tonight. So I've... And you watch football, so whatever that happens. Is football good right now? People like that? Baseball? <laughs> baseball's heating up. The Jays are go the Jays are making a push right now, Cam. You're talking yeah. about shit that has nothing to do with Toronto. Meanwhile, Toronto is heaped in sports action right now as the Jays make yeah. their push uh towards the playoffs. Is the is the city buzzing? City's buzzing. They're uh, they've increased capacity over there at the Sky Dome. Um, of course. It's not, it's not, listen, you little fucker. It's not the Sky Dome. It's the Rogers Center. It's the Sky Dome. It's the Sky Dome. Uh, this happened to me uh, uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe just last week, where I kept saying Molson Amphitheater, Molson Amphitheater, Molson Amphitheater, until somebody had to say, where the fuck are you talking about? And I said, you know, the outdoor venue on the water by Ontario Place. And they say, oh, you mean Budweiser Stage? And I say, yeah, but you should also know what it's actually called, which is, of course, the Molson Amphitheater. Hmm. Interesting. I don't think I, I may have been there once. I don't really go to many. Shannon went to a show last night. She saw a country show. At, uh, Probably Mol- there. At Molson Amphitheater. Yeah, that's, I think that's Probably, like the only yeah. place doing concerts, really, like, you know, the yeah. large scale uh, shows. Yeah, no, it continues to be a fun venue. Apparently, it was uh, a mask on event. And uh, you had to obviously have your vaccine passport to get in. And just no one wore their mask. Everyone's screaming and hollering. So, you know, I can't smell anything today. I can't taste anything. Uh, I got 106 fever. So, uh, yeah. But I'm vaccinated, so I, I'm yeah, but, good. But I think all those things are unrelated, right, Cam? That was I'd, because... I'd, I, had, I didn't have the best sleep last yeah, night. Yeah, you spent happens. a vicious week there eating a lot of hot foods. Just, just flat out destroying your taste buds. Yeah, so probably unrelated. I would be curious to go a week without the sense of taste or smell, though. 
Just to, just to see what it's like? Ah, uh, kind of. Yeah, just, to, just, just, to, like... just to grab a raw onion and just just, ah, just go to town on it. Well, I feel like if that were the case, if I'm like, there's no taste involved, I'm just going to go like the absolute cleanest diet possible. And like morning's going to be like, there's like 30 pills in my shake. And like, <laughs> otherwise you're like, this would taste the worst ever. You're like, doesn't that taste like fish oil? You're like, I don't know, maybe. You're like, your breath smells like a raw fish. And you're like, who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Good thing you're not leaving the house. Good thing you're not leaving the house much. No, it's uh, nice to see that people are attending live music again and everyone's passported up and yeah. uh, all that jazz. Have you had to use a passport yet? Uh, yeah. Well, actually, we went out to dinner last night and we had to sit outside um, because one of the couple people didn't have their like proof. Ready to go, but I understand. So this was a thing where, um, yeah. So we were go. We just went out to dinner with like the production designer for the show I'm working on, uh, Canadian born, American lived, has been double vaxxed since March, in California, has no idea how to get this fucking proof. So now he's sitting here Ooh. like, I am double vaxxed, I have ID, but he's like, I, there's no, it, within that organization, there's no portal there. And we were talking to the restaurant owner actually there at the evening where she's like, she already has encountered like fucking, th this somebody was double vaxxed in Germany. And now they're just holding up a PDF document that says... Double vaxxed Germany check mark and it's like I you know it's like not every single country has instituted this thing that Canada you know it's if you're not if you didn't get double vaxxed in Canada it is way more difficult to find that proof uh, Damn. because you know it's not like yeah especially when it comes to this whole QR code thing and the Apple the iPhone has the QR code ready to go. Um, and but that feeds off of information from the Ontario Ministry of Health. So if you didn't get the vax in Ontario, then that info will not correspond with the QR code that like that information needs to be pumped into. What a problem! Yeah, that is. I it's right. well, well, so that. we. I mean, we had a salute. We just sat on the patio because you don't need to show the proof to sit on a patio. But okay, yeah, but you're like that's a very short term. Solution. Very much so. I was with five people, uh, yeah. and then uh, two of the guys I were with are from the Ukraine, where they were both vaccinated here. But don't have an Ontario uh, health card to prove that who, that's who they are. They're like, I have my Ukrainian ID and then my Ontario proof of vax. And then it just ends up being this like, who the fuck's counting this in the first place? It's one of these things that unless you're from Ontario, double vaxxed in Ontario, it's uh, seemingly quite difficult. Well, I've stuck my dad about that too because he just got... he. Had the opportunity to get a second shot, and he went in, and they're like, "He's like, what are you giving me?" They're like, "Moderna." He's like, "I don't want it. I, I had a Pfizer to start with," and I was calling him like, "You're fucking crazy. Why would you do that?" And then he's like, "I don't know." He was kind of like, "I don't know if this is gonna work or not." And then I thought about it later. And I'm like, "I think you made a good move for travel purposes because everyone's gonna recognize the double Pfizer." Um, obviously, obviously not, but like that one, everyone's going to be like, we know it's, it's the double of the same. Um, if you had the mix and match, some countries might be like, no, 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 that's bullshit. We don't, we don't roll without those punches. So he ended up getting, he's double vax now, but, uh, it was one of those things where at first I was like, that's dumb. And now I'm like, 
you, you're in the same boat, but now you're in a better boat for regulatory purposes. Mm-hmm. Still kind of stupid, but like... You know, well, uh, what, what I'm on right now is that I'm pissed because, or I'm not pissed, but this is where I, me personally, is going to find the uh, disadvantage. My phone dies in four hours, especially if it's being used, like if I'm on it for work or I'm taking calls, messages, emails, this, that, the other. Five hours and my phone's dead. Yeah. And I'm worried that I'm going to find myself in a situation where my phone is or close to dying and I won't be able to just go uh, go eat some food. Or now, yeah. now when I go to the movies, it's like I better hope I'm at full percent because just me pulling up my Cineplex app to scan the thing for the tickets and the points and this, that, that's probably going to take 15, 20% of my battery right there. Right there. Really? Yes. My phone dies immediately. It's a brick and I love it. But then, but that now to pull up now to access like another application to pull up the file, I'm like, that's going to take another 5%. Next thing you know, I got to leave the house with at least 50% or I'm not getting in anywhere. Next thing you know, I have a backpack full of batteries. Yeah, now I just have battery backups in my bag. It's going to be hella confusing. Uh, You could get, I mean, you could get one of those charge those cases that has like a double battery on it, so it just makes it thicker, but it does make your battery life double. See, and then that's the whole thing. Now I'm buying shit just so I can be like, eh, it's me. What? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Why aren't they? Why Maybe can't we, I just scan my fucking health card? My health card has a fucking strip on it. Why can't I just go boop? Like I, I. So are you telling me from my phone I can tap my credit card and spend thousands of dollars with my fucking boop on my cell phone, but we can't make a boop for a piece of government registered identification? Well, here here's the th- thought with that. I don't want to get all Alex Jones on you here. I I hear you. My thought on that is. Um, scan scan my health card at a restaurant. Even when someone asked me, like, can we take a f- you know for insurance purposes, like, can you send us a photo of your identification? I'm like, where are you storing it? Like, I I don't you you private company who probably four people at your company's uh, password is password, and you're gonna have my information on file in just uh, like a document that says IDs. Fuck that. So that's my thought. Is I don't want to scan my uh, health card with all the information. And boop, boop. Oh, and it just goes to Joe Schmo, Mom and Pop. Oh, I'm Greek, uh, Tony. Uh, where do we keep our documents? What's the cloud? You know, next thing you know, um, why do you think everyone's getting 100 times more spam calls now? Right? Oh, funny coincidence that everyone had to give their phone number out and name over the last, what, t- year and a half? Where do you think that data goes? Oh, correlated? Look at I don't me. know. Look at me. I don't I'm know. Cam LeClaire and my idea. I'm just my, asking questions. But look at me. I'm Cam LeClaire and my, uh, my, I'm so valuable that everybody wants to steal my identity. Oh, oh, I'm so you, important. I'm so, everybody wants to be Cam LeClaire. I'm wearing a vest. Everybody wants to be me. Oh. <laughs> Do you know how expensive it would be to have someone steal your identity? They want like open up four loans for like fifty grand in your name, and then you'd be like, "No, no, no, it wasn't me." They're like, well, "We have no proof it wasn't you." That's what That's- affidavits are for. Then you fucking go to the bank. You're like, "That wasn't me." Bloop, bloop, bloop. They give you the money back. It's perfect. Yeah, that works every time. No questions asked. Happen- we can't even figure out how to get a double shot, but we're pretty sure that no one's gonna steal our identity and everything's gonna work itself out fine. Happened to me once. Uh, you got your you got your identity stolen. Uh, yeah, somebody opened a credit card 
um, in my name. It happened to Jess also. Uh, they took more money from her than me. Uh, but same thing. Sign an affidavit. You get the money back. What's an, an affidavit just says, like, I was at work that day. No, an affidavit and I swear is, say, I didn't is, say, is saying, oh, like, okay. is saying, it's like a legal document saying, like, I am not the one who did this. Uh, uh, because okay. obviously, if somebody opens up a credit card and spends tens of 15,000s of dollars in your name, you're not held responsible for that. That person committed the crime. You got your shit stolen from. You signed the thing saying, like, yes, I did not open this credit card. I did not open this loan. If you're lying, then yeah, you're the one who's fucking lying. <laughs> but if not, then not. You know, I mean, it's scams do happen. It is difficult to get your money back. Um, but yeah, you're not gonna be on the hook uh, for it. Um, so, so Jamie, one time we were at the cottage and his credit card got popped. Like someone got the information for, it and he was looking at transaction on his account. There was like two hundred dollars spent at nuts.com. Nice. Know what it was? What? Strictly different types of nuts. I would hope Peanuts, so. Cashews. Uh, yeah. I didn't think so. I thought it would be something different. I don't know what, but I definitely didn't think it was going to be that kind of nuts. I was going to say, yeah, maybe. When I when I picture nuts.com, I picture like it's like a specialty toque store, but like toques that you kind of wrap around your nuts to keep them warm. Oh, I love that. Uh, you know, or yeah, or like underwear, like boxers that are built with like a little kind of protective canopy that hangs, uh, you know, so your so your nuts, because I mean, Cam, I can only imagine it's it it's literally weighing you down. Uh, well, there's been an update on that. Oh fucking hell! Ah, we'll leave this one off. Thank we'll one God, off Cam. We'll save it for later. Uh, hey. Let's get into the podcast with first reviewing a little bit of last week's episode last of the podcast. Week's podcast. Our notes and amendments. Notes. We got some notes. We got some notes. 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 We got some notes. Those are my lines. They're my lines, Cam. I, well, hey, you sometimes if, you, if you're not going to rock you into quick. it. We have the big whiteboard behind us uh, that does have all like the kind of like the weekly schedule itinerary. And Cam, I've been saying this for now approximately 88 weeks. Cam, if you're going to write the schedule on the whiteboard, you need to use dry erase markers. You can't keep Permit using Sharpies. Because now it's I just. I like just, how they write. I know you like how they write. Uh, <laughs> notes from last week. Nothing too crazy to talk about. We did open last week's episode with a, a very special edition of Pen Talk. Um, none of us have ever bought pens. We somehow seem to have an exorbitant amount of pens. So in the year 2018, Bic manufactured 2 billion pens in the United States alone. Uh, in the year 2018, there were approximately 7.2 billion people on the planet. Which means that even if at, at a rate of 2 billion pens a year... It would kind of take four years, maybe five years tops to, just in the United States, make enough pens so that every man, woman, and child had a pen. Well, let's look at just I've America, never bought a they, pen. Yeah. Who the fuck's buying all these pens? Where are all these pens going? I, well, I mean, I used to sell them to offices who bought them all the time, probably because employee theft. I'm saying employee theft. Let me look at the pens I got here and let me see which ones I stole. Stolen, 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 stolen. Definitely stolen. <laughs> yeah, I stolen. Yeah, 
but Cam, so now you have all these pens. Bick is still making pens. You haven't stolen more pens. Like, are, are there facilities? Are there warehouses? I haven't warehouses? been to an office in like three years. Are there warehouses somewhere where all these pens are just being stored? Like, where? I just want to know where the pens are going. Follow the pen. They keep telling us to follow the money, follow Hillary's emails. Follow the pens. Follow the pens. Honestly, the pens yeah. will really show us what's happening here. Everyone says who's signing the documents. I say what is signing the documents. What is signing the documents? It's all the pens. That's right. Okay, good to know that we'll never run out of pens. Pencil production down. <laughs> I have no clue about pencil production. I can only imagine the pencil industry has been taking a big hit lately. Yeah. Uh, especially with the lack of, you know, not going to the office. Nobody, uh, all, all the kids uh, doing school from home. I can only imagine the, uh, the HB2 pen market, or sorry, pencil market has faltered. Speaking of kids, I think we'll get a COVID test this week because I had a cold symptoms. Um, go in there, have my appointment. Literally everybody else there is a child who's like six years old with a parent. I'm like, oh, fuck. Kids are back in school, so this is going to take forever. And every kid there, super, you know, kids just get sick because their immune systems are just trash. You know, they can't even sit outside without getting a cold. Well, it's um, all, all these all these Gen X moms not breastfeeding their kids. You think that's it? That's totally a thing. I do recall my mom saying, like, when I was young, I, I've, knock on wood, like, I never got sick in elementary school. You never, you never got off the teat. Uh, I, I on, on, honestly, honestly, full out, stopped at 18. 100% discrepancy. My mother continues to send me special orders. <laughs> Come in little bottles. Uh, yeah, it was like I, I got chicken pox when I was a kid. That happens to everyone. May, a couple, uh, maybe like a flu day. A, a flu day when I was in high school. I remember that. But broadly and generally, I was a pretty healthy kid. And you could always tell. You know there were those kids in elementary school who it seemed like they were sick. Yeah, they were sick all the fucking time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, don't even get close to that kid. He's just he, he is just a Wuhan lab over there. Yeah, well, it's similar. You know, it's like it's like you know you breastfeed because the the nutrients from the thing, and then it comes out. It's like why dog. It's like why dogs eat the placenta after the puppies are born. It eats the placenta, so it goes into their system, comes out their boobies, uh, so the puppies can grow strong. That's a thing. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Well, either way, uh, it was weird being around that many sick ass kids for. Uh, 15 minutes well like, I don't want to be your daddy but then again you're like well I guess this is how school works now if you even like sneeze they're like go get a COVID test and do not come to school yeah which is a huge pain in the ass for parents well in many parts of uh, in many parts of Asia certainly prior to 2020 uh, if you were a kid and you had a sniffle or a bit of a cough you would wear a mask that was like very much so like common practice was, you know, oh, I'm sneezing. I'm going to put a mask on so I don't get you guys sick. Yeah, that might be a thing in America, but probably not. I said America Asia, even... but okay. Yeah, I know, nice but I'm saying may listening. maybe in America in the future. I said maybe in America in the future. Oh. Good to know you're listening, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> We're turning right. on speaking each other. Speaking of pieces of shit. Um, <laughs> hey, I, got a little... I need to know your segue following speaking of pieces of shit. Oh, speaking of pieces of shit, let's talk about Jack. Um, what the fuck's his last name? 
Jack Tricks, uh, the guy from The Shining, Jack. Uh, Jack there. starts. You mean with the, the actor's name? No, 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 no. The the character. Oh, Jack, I don't know. Jack Torrance. Jack Torrance. Speaking of pieces of shit. Jack Torrance, everybody. We have a top five uh, differences between the movie and the 15-hour audiobook of The Shining. Here's a top five. Here are five tips about things. Five ways to... Uh, no, it's just a top five. And Cam, you know... I, so earlier on in the year, you had uh, set out some goals, uh, some resolutions, which I don't like to Before do. Before you even start, I'm not even close. And you shit on me. You shit on me for not doing the resolution thing. And I didn't shit on you because I'm a supportive friend. Uh, right. And part of your resolutions were to read more, but you also included audiobooks. That counts. That counted. Correct. So okay. I guess if we count audiobooks, I'm crushing it. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, we've I did a deep dive into the Shining, a 15-hour audiobook that I plowed through. Once you're once you're in it, it gets you deep. Versus the Jack Nicholson 1980s classic, The Shining, the Stanley Kubrick version. And Cam, and, uh, you, and now this was the first time that you had seen the movie. Correct. Yes. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah, and uh, that was. I mean, normally I see a two-hour and thirty-minute time frame on a movie, and I'm like. Keep me the hell away from this. I want no part of that. Too long, too much. Flew by, first thing, because I was used to listening to 15 hours of a book, and I felt like you didn't even include you didn't even include anything in the movie that was in the book. I was one of those guys. I was like, the book is so much better. Like, this is stupid. If you read Lord of the Rings, actually, Frodo follows the mountain of Gaglama. And it and, and he meets an Alvin princess, and they didn't even include that in the movie. In the in the movie, Jack Torrance has brown hair, and Jack Torrance's book has light orange hair. And like, I can't even watch it. It's ridiculous. All right, you're um, one, you're so, one of these you're one of these people now, Cam. I'm one, one of these people. <laughs> I'm one of these people. Um, so I've compiled a top five list for folks at home of major major differences between the book and the movie and probably the biggest stand apart one so spoilers Cam, ahead let me make spoilers sure. ahead i take it yeah definitely spoilers ahead so definitely. skip use that little uh, 30 second skip thing yeah. uh maybe five times five times Six. approximately we'll see how long we pontificate for uh but cam uh kick off the list all right number one on the list room 217 ring a bell at all cam uh room 217 uh there was a follow-up documentary that was kind of made about the production of the shining film that was called room 217 i believe room is room 217 the one where uh that dude was getting blown by the rabbit costume guy <laughs> Uh, I well, the main thing about the room two seventeen is that's where the girl in the bathtub was, who was dead. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know if he was also in that room. So what's, the, so what's the difference? Think, what's the difference? Oh, the, sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, in the in the in the book, it's actually room two thirty seven. Oh, okay. And the reason the reason or sorry, it was uh, room two seventeen in the book, and then two thirty seven in the film. Now the reason they did that was because where they shot at the hotel there was no room 237 
Um, they wanted to make sure that people would not be scared to be in that room 217 because it was filmed at a hotel in Colorado and they didn't want to just like lose all uh, revenue for that room. Turns out, following that movie, most requested room, 237. Doesn't and, exist. And anything, anything, uh, anything centering around the macabre is uh, certainly going to have a certain... What's the macabre? Like just death. I think that's Spanish for death. Okay. Um, and you know what do you think like a day, like a Day of the Dead kind of thing. Um, anything associated with the darkness will have its own set of fans. Dare I say, even fetishy fetishes, whatever the uh, pertinent term Fet for fetishizes for containing a fetish. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of freaky people out there who want to rent room two to thirty seven and then just fuck all over the room. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll just be spooked the whole time, right? Like, Connor wants to go to Vegas and go to that uh, Zach Brannigan or Zach Branson uh, ghost house thing. And I'm okay. like, I have no interest in going there. I don't think I know who that is, but... Uh, He's the guy who did that Ghost Hunter show. Okay. Yeah, yeah, not 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 too tuned in on that. But, uh, okay, yeah, change the difference in the room. Cam, keep going. All right, number four on the list, uh, Danny's uh, friend, and his name was Tony. So... Uh, in in the book in the movie we have definitely Tony and he always goes, Danny's not here and he does a little finger shit. And I he's thought like, it was more like red, this. He's red, always red, like, red, red, red rum, red rum. That's better. Red rum, red rum. Never does that in the book. Um, Tony is a guy who Danny he goes into a blackout phase and then connects with him. And in a book it's a lot easier because you'd be like, oh, it's a big black void in his head. He speaks with them, um, and Dan, he never really, Tony never comes out of uh, Danny's body and speaks. He just tells Danny things internally, and that's because you can kind of get thoughts a lot easier in a book. And beyond that, uh, Tony seems as like demonic in a sense in the, in the movie. In the book, he's actually seen as a guiding hand for uh, a lot of Danny's life until they get to the hotel where he's just telling him, bad shit's brewing. And, brother and I've <laughs> brother and I've heard this one before. The difference is there too. Uh, that's probably it. Feels like one of those filmmaking things, like you said, Cam. Easier, Just difficult to do. Easier yeah. to tell if you watch the uh, the original Dune film uh, from the mid '80s. Kyle uh, McLaughlin is in it as well as Sting. Um, there's this bit where, um, and the new one's coming out. And I was texting our friend Connor. During the movie, because I'm like, what? He, I know he's read the book. I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? Because there are these characters who can telepathically communicate. However, it being a book, there's a lot of inner monologue for the characters. And it was difficult to differentiate what was an inner monologue and what was a, t a telepathic conversation going on between the characters. Uh, and yeah, it was almost like I'm asking him, what's the, d and he's like, sometimes you really can't tell which is which. And I'm like, okay, that sounds like a movie versus film difference. The movie just tried to do exactly what the book did and the message didn't come across the same way. Right. Uh, yeah, there's one of those filmmaking things. I think that's the main one for the filmmaking things that was like, that makes sense. Um, next up on the list is Halloran. Uh, Halloran is the cook who they originally made who also has some shine to him that comes back to the hotel to save the family. Now, 
In the movie, we all know the scene where Jack comes around the corner with an axe. And just a subtle difference here, we're going to put that in notes and amendments. Uh, or sorry, notes here. No axe ever in the book. Uh, croquet mallet. Or um, not croquet, sorry. Um, roke mallet. Okay. Uh, same thing as a croquet mallet. Anyway, um, in the in the movie, stabs him with an axe, right? Death, blood, you know, very gory scene. In the movie, or sorry, the book. Halloran saves everybody, and he gets away, and everyone's good. So Halloran actually lives at the end of the book. So that's a pretty big difference there, in my opinion, is the another killing of an innocent black man in movies. Well, I was going to say, uh, in a film where there's six characters to to really make, the, you know, if it's, a, if it's a big ensemble cast and one person lives versus dies, yeah, that's one thing. But when there's five people in the movie and you're deciding for one of them to live or die... Yeah, it's a bigger choice, but, um, you know, Kubrick wanted to do his own thing. Yeah, he definitely. Apparently, Stephen King was not happy with how the movie came out That's either. what he said. Okay, and number two on the list is... Wait, no, the- wait. You already did three. This would be number four. We're going the opposite way. I went five, four, three, two, one. No, you did one, two, three. Okay, whatever. <laughs> well, someone's got to do this. <laughs> we need editors. Our, okay, our, uh, no, what? no, our producer Jamie. Has, our producer Jamie has been spending way too much time down there at the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, he Jeez. has he hardly has time to come up and produce the show anymore. Jesus. Um, next up is the ending sequence. So in the ending of the Shining movie, they uh, do they kill Jack? He dies uh, in the snow. He he gets stuck in the maze and he freezes to death. Yeah, so that, uh, no maze at all in the book version. There's hedge animals, but no maze. So the reason they can't do the hedge animals is um, they're just like the hedge animals come to life and it'd be very difficult to do with CGI at the time. Now, in the book, uh, what actually happens in the ending is Danny talks to Jack back into being himself so that the demon is no longer with him. And Jack says, get out, get out. The boiler is about to explode. And they all run out, and then the boiler explodes. The house burns down, and then um, Jack is dead in the house. Movie version, very different, where he frees in the maze, and then it turns out in the last ending sequence... When we focus in on the picture from 1912, Jack is in the front of it, part of the guests of the party. Some theorize, and some of the most popular theories, is that the man who brought Jack onto the job, who knew he'd be a perfect fit, knew he'd be a perfect fit because he already been there in a past life. Yeah, did that's, I go too no too too <clears throat> too much inside baseball? No, no, no. That's another that's another good one, Cam. Like you said, you know these creative differences. I mean, previously on the show, we were talking about how maybe Stephen King doesn't write a satisfying ending, and I don't know the bad guy being rid of his demon versus the bad guy dying. That is kind of the difference between a good ending versus a bad ending. I think one thing that The Shining film does very well is that it doesn't. Uh, explicitly kind of say that it's a How it demon ends, yeah. or like a like a bad force, you know? Like it's kind of like it's this arbitrary fit, arbitrary a blanket of evil that covers versus like a specific possessive type of entity. Yeah. So, um, I think the the movie ending I think is better, mostly because it does leave a little bit of openness to it when you see that picture. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last off, number five or one, whatever way you're counting, 
is the most pop culture scenes from The Shining. Blood coming down the elevator. The two twins come play with us, Danny, forever and ever and ever. Never happened. Not once. No reference to it. The elevator's known as a scary place. Uh, at one point, Danny sees some like figure in a dark tube that says, come play with me, Danny, forever and ever and ever. No reference of twins and no reference of blood shooting down the elevator. And I'm not really sure what the blood is supposed to represent. I guess some form of murder. Maybe that's just like a... I don't know. Never really looked into why they're... Like what that was supposed to symbolize. Well, yeah. And I think... <clears throat> I guess, well, from what I've understood, and I never read the book, from what I understood, or from which, what you've said, Cam, uh, yeah, the, the book focuses on a specific demon possession of a person, not of the place. And it seems... Oh, no. It's definitely the place. Okay. The place okay. is... The, yeah, because, I mean, there's always, like... At one point in the book, the elevator is like running during the night and they wake up like, why is the elevator running? Um, Jack's like, oh, it's probably just a breaker. The breaker's probably gone on it. Classic breaker. A 30 amp. If you got a 30 amp breaker back there, it's going to push some serious power up and down that shaft. It's going to push some power. Um, And then they go to it and uh, Wendy finds like party hats and confetti in the elevator which wouldn't make any sense because there isn't a party. But as we all know, the party's consistently going on downstairs with all the ghosts. Um, the bar scene is also very good in the book because Jack's, it's a much slower progression. It's not like he's just there. And then it's like, there's a crazy party. It starts off with him being like, I smell gin. Like I, I, I smell it. I can almost taste it. Yeah. And then like things kind of evolve and evolve and evolve and you see like characters there who you didn't know were that that were there and much more backstory. Fantastic book. Would highly, highly recommend. Definitely gave you the heebie weebies when you're uh, up at five AM listening to it. So Cam, now that you've you know, you read it then saw it, do you have a uh a preferred um, uh, a preferred version? Are there aspects of both that you would kind of like to combine into one? Um, yeah, I, I think I like the detail and the character building of the book better because you're able to get into the thoughts and to the backstories. Because, I mean, in 15 hours of reading, you can't jam every little piece of like, oh, here's the backstory of the Overlook and here's all the little things you should know and here's why he always wipes his mouth and like he broke Danny's arm when he was young and that's why Wendy's always so testy around. I mean, it's like that character buildup is so... Um, satisfying that you can't get in the book but I like or that you can't get in the movie but I like the movie ending I think a little bit better Um, yeah I I think that's kind of my better ending but uh, not as rich not as rich of a story yeah that's fantastic yeah like I said never read the book Uh, the movie's fantastic I think uh, one of the scariest things is a prison of your own design uh, and that film captures that idea um, very well. The descent into madness, uh, I find, you know, takes two and a half hours to get there, but shit, it gets there. Yeah. See, it didn't even feel like two and a half hours to me. That's the part that blew me away. I felt <laughs> that like, was, that uh, was the scariest part. You saw the yeah. runtime, and you're like, oh, God. Yeah, because I'm sitting there going like, they don't even get half the details right. Make it a five-hour movie, then we'll get even a glimpse. Make it a make it a series on Amazon Prime, ten episodes, four seasons. Yeah, 
Well, they did do a series on uh, non Amazon Prime, but they did do a series a few years later. Oh yeah, yeah, you might watch that. Um, anyway, that's uh, that's my top five. That was fantastic, uh, Cam. That was a that was a fantastic top five. I got to say. Yeah, it took me uh, seventeen hours of preparation. <laughs> seventeen, 17 and, and a half. half. It only took you seventeen and a half hours, uh, but you made it happen somehow. That was great. Good. All right. Um, speaking of in the past, why don't we go back to a, a different time of television? Back to a time where uh, men could be men on television and solve engineering problems with no engineering background. That's right. It's time for MacGyver in Five. My, 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 MacGyver in Five. It's time for MacGyver in Fiverr. MacGyver in Fiverr. It's time for MacGyver in Fiverr. Because we only have five minutes to recap this week's episode of MacGyver. <laughs> That's right, Cam. Every single week, like, uh... Every fucking week. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the adventures of Michael Knight before him, we have shifted on to follow the adventures of Special Agent MacGyver, who goes around the world uh, solving problems. Um, classic American white hero complex. Uh, is he an engineer? I don't know, but he sure seems to uh, be intelligent like one. Um, MacGyver makes his way through the uh, through the world, solving the world's mysteries, and here's what we've got. Here's our task. We only have five minutes to tell you about this week's episode. We only have five minutes to tell you what actually happened. Um, and uh, so you know how we start that off. We put five minutes on the clock, and then we count down, and uh, we try for our best. Now, Cam, right. recently we did agree that we're just going to split it at 22 minutes. 23 minutes. minutes. 23 minutes, yeah, 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 like right in that minutes. middle point. Uh, yeah, which worked out pretty well today, I will which say. Which actually worked out well this time, you know, although it didn't yeah. quite work out last time. Cam, you kick off this week's episode. Um, right. We're sitting on episode six, six. I think. Yes. Um, we've got five minutes on the clock. Cam, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we are going to press go. Three, two, two one. Two, one. Go. Our opening gambit starts off with Mac at some form of war camp, it seems like, where he's been tasked to rescue a geologist, bringing us into the Amazon-type scene. Uh, well, that'll catch up later. He heats up a hot water line, a metal hot water line, by placing it on a fire to distract them later on, while he breaks her out of a locked room using a leverage tool as well as breaking down the door with a simple engineering uh, solution. After screening from the camp, the men are distracted because they try and take a hot shower, but realize that it's burning hot because Michael put the water in, and that uh, keeps them at distance for that little bit of time. Anyway, Michael climbs down a cliff to get away with the geologist, and his kerosene-soaked soap, soaked rope so the bad guys, while they chase him, can't climb down because he sets that on fire. Some manage to get down. The chase continues as they go down some rapids. Uh, Max sets up a barbed wire clothesline to snag their boat, bursting their boat and getting away. And that's just the opening gambit, folks. All right, we're back to opening gambit. And now we're back to the main storyline where we are back in the Amazon where Mac meets Charlie, an anthropologist, it seems like some kind of biologist, who suggests that birds are fearfully migrating because they are frightened by something deep in the Amazon. Uh, might I add that Mac is wearing a Calgary Flames hat? Mm, a little bit of a weird note. 
As they head up river, they meet a man who lets them know that if they want to know the river, they have to meet a man named Trumbull, who knows the answers to what they're looking for. Possibly a guide as well. Um, they're greeted by gunfire when they arrive at Trumpo's location. Uh, Matt gets on Trumpo's good side by agreeing to fix a compressor engine that has a blown piston. He uses some quarters and a generator to arc weld the piston back to functioning position. Uh, Trumpo, who has allowed them back in their camp, says he will not risk having any of his good men go off and tour the uh, Amazon himself, but he will guide them himself. Now, as they get into the Amazon, they see what the problem is. It's billions of soldier ants, two miles wide, two miles long of these ants that are scaring away rodents, birds, and all sorts of animals. Cam, I'll pass it off from there. Yeah, like you said, if they, if even the rats are running away, you know something has to be uh something has to be amiss. And there, yeah, these huge soldier ant hills. While we're walking through the jungle, uh, we hear what sounds like a damsel in distress. And when we follow the noise, we see a village being attacked by all of these ants, and a woman is trapped under a uh, bathtub. They attempt to save the woman with a pulley system. They get her out, but our dumbass ornithologist, the study of birds, Charlie, wants more photos of the wildlife, and the ants end up getting eaten, or sorry, he ends up getting eaten by all the ants. R.I.P. I didn't know that the ants could eat you that quickly. Meanwhile, Trumbo's crew is terrified of all of these ants, and they want to flee Trumbo's plantation. He tries to stop them. He even shoots at one of their boats, but Mac puts a stop to that, saying, hey guys, they're scared. Let them leave if they want. So at the plantation, Mac hatches a plan to use a series of moats um, for the ants to flow into the river and drowning. And if that doesn't work, we can just burn them out. And hell, even if that doesn't work, we might just have to explode the whole goddamn thing. Hopefully it doesn't have to come to that. The ants arrived and, uh, well, <clears throat> first plan doesn't work. They were able to get across the water by kind of like swimming on leaves that had fallen into the river. These, uh, these ants are courageous. We call for Lewis, our other helper, to send more water down. Um, but it appears as though the ants have gotten to him too. R.I.P.s. So now it's on to plan number two. Fire, baby! We create a flamethrower in an attempt to burn everything. We have some success until we run out of fuel. It looks like the ants have won. So that means we must be on to plan three, baby. Blow the entire thing up. But, you know, we don't have any dynamite. But, of course, Mac knows how to make a dirty bomb. He's on some kind of watch list somewhere. We know that. He suits up in an ant-proof suit of armor, and we head down these moats uh, to blow the literal floodgates. He stumbles out a bit. We get the bomb to the dam, light the match, and boom! Water is po comes pouring out, destroying the entire plantation in the process. Mac even takes a bit of a tumble and uh, ends up washing up on shore. He's okay. Mac saves the day once again, and uh, Trumbo is happy. He's limping, oddly, um, and uh, he invites us back to come uh, by in a year uh, to, 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 uh, to see the regrowth of his once beautiful plantation. Uh, saving the day, uh, once again, five seconds to kill, um, Calgary Flames, go Larry McDonald, and that's it. Boom. Okay, yeah, what was up with that Calgary Flames side? That was a weird little thing they had in there that I immediately picked up on that probably most people didn't. Yeah, I saw that right away, too. 
Um, I wonder, uh, who knows? I'm sure there could be a thing. Maybe like one of the screenwriters was Canadian or one of like the costume guy was Canadian and they're like, yeah, sure. Like, it's just a hat. What's the difference? Uh, and they just slapped it on him or something. I feel like that was and before. It didn't stay on for long either. And I feel, which was an interesting well, I feel like 86 may have been before you needed to get registered trade, you know, like you needed to get approval for pieces of artwork. So maybe it fell in some kind of little, uh, little thing right there. A little bit of a loopy holy. Yeah. But, okay. But that was um, it. Come back with us next week when we've got episode one. Uh, we've got episode seven, I think. This was episode uh, yes, six. Be, this, this is six. So next yes. week, we've got episode seven. Great to see those opening gambits come back. Yeah. Hopefully, they stick around because they are uh, meaningless except for the plot. They or get him the, there. Uh, they get him yeah. to the place he needs to go and then uh, following after that. Yeah. Okay, should we crack off with a final game of the evening, Cameras? Yeah, we can do whatever you want. Alrighty, mister. Cameron, this is a game where we scour the internet for headlines to figure out what's the truth and what's a lie in a silly little game called Headline or Asinine. Hey, 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 Headline. Headline or asinine? Like you said, internet scouring. All these things are happening. Scow in the, scow Cam, in the gonna, internet. Cam, I'm going to kick off a, this edition. Okay. Unless you, unless you had something it. so very special. Uh, I was going to do a um, a bonus one. John Jones arrested again. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's asinine. He's a great guy. <laughs> no, there's no way that he there's would be arrested no again. That that's true. There's no way that's true. Uh, yeah, fuck that guy. I'm going to kick you off here. Came headliner asinine. Teenager gets USB cable stuck in penis. Don't you put it in your mouth? Don't you put it in your mouth? Don't you put it up there? Um, USB cable. I'm, I'm I'm assuming it's a micro USB cable on the other end, not the big fat one that goes in your computer. Because if so, you got a real problem. Um, if I'm thinking that is going to happen, it probably one of those just getting out of hands with the boys. You know, you're on a fishing trip and you're like, look at this, look at this. And then someone's like peeing. You're like, I can pee further. And then someone slaps the other guy's dick. And then next thing you know, there's a cable up there. And you're like, we got a problem, guys. Uh, you know, it's one of those just escalation of bad jokes where it's like, look, it looks like a uh, looks like pig's ears. And <laughs> next thing you know, you're like, I'm Elon Musk. Stick a thing up there. Whew. Um, feel bad for that, dude, because while it might have been funny at the time, not funny when you're trying to pull it back out. Uh, those micro USB cables, they have a big fat end to them and they are not, uh, they go in easy. Not so much on the way out. Cam, that's a headline from Florida. Cam, this is a headline. This is a crazy story out of the United Kingdom where a teenager had to go, uh, had to undergo emergency surgery after an attempt to measure the length of his penis, which somehow got a USB cable lodged into his urethra. Uh, I'm going to call bullshit on that one. The kid was... Go ahead, though. Uh, Well, let me finish first. The kid was 15 um, and a little curious, so he grabbed a USB-B cable. So this is the type of cable that you would use in your printer. Uh, It has that square head on the one side. And I... I, Somehow... (laughs) 
Um, so what happened was he gets this USB B and shoved into his penis and down into his scrotum where it became tangled and stuck. After blood started to flow out from his urethra, his parents took him to the hospital where he was then transported to another hospital for this emergency surgery. Um, some of the literal parts of the story are hazy, but it is very well covered throughout multiple news outlets, including the photos of the bloody USB cable. Uh, as it sits on the operating room uh, tables, the doctors had to make an emergency incision between his anus and his scrotum to gain access to the cable and remove it. It's still unclear why he did it in the first place. Doctors initially chalked it up to uh, possibly a, a sexual curiosity after intoxication. Um, the kid was drunk. Uh, people just love shoving things up their wieners. Just last month, a Michigan man was rushed to hospital after he got six kidney beans stuck in his penis in an attempt of sexual gratification. Uh, yeah. Don't put it up there, folks. Uh, PSA from the two C's boys. Yeah. Shouldn't belong. Nothing goes up. Only things come out. Yeah, All I, right, I, I can recall a traumatizing porn I saw of a guy getting a dildo shoved up his penis. And I How saw it for it? like a split second. You know, it was one of those like you're at a sleepover when you were 13. And uh, no, I wasn't watching that at 13 yeah, with my friends. Yeah, it was a weird one. It's just like it's, I can re remember seeing it. Oh, yeah, I was fucked. All right, Cam. Um, well, speaking of another regions, is steeping your balls the future of male birth control? <laughs> all about all about cocks and balls here on this week's episode. Now, steeping your balls. Um, you know, I've heard those sorts of things, right? Well, they'll, where they will say for men, uh, um, you know, if you wear tight boxers or tight pants you know you're cutting off the blood flow you might kill them you know certain foods or drinks you know something might you know kind of lower your sperm count um so i can only imagine it goes the other way you know if you're let's say you're hoping for fertility you know maybe keeping them a little warm uh or maybe a little cold some one of these things may actually uh help produce a uh, sperm count um uh, steeping your balls is a funny way to put it because it's almost like somebody was sitting there going like how do i call this teabagging without calling it teabagging and they ended up with steeping your balls uh which is very funny i just picture you know picture you have like a little almost like a dog bowl like a dog bowl size of a dish you know, big enough that you have to squat over top of it. Is it a a seat situation where it's almost like, you know, like a toilet seat you can sit on that has a little uh, reservoir for warm water, maybe with some Epsom salts in it? Um, I really don't know. But if it's going to bump up my sperm count so me and my buddies can both jack off in a tube and see who's more of a man, I'll do anything to win. Uh, so I got to say this is a headline. This is a headline, but I think you mix it up a little bit, Cam. It's not to increase your sperm count. It's actually a form of birth control to oh, reduce lower the, the sperm, sperm count. Amount. Okay, okay. Right, because uh, historically there's only been one good way, uh, maybe others, but one way accepted of male birth control. Chop them and off. That's the uh, chop them off. We'll put a put a wrap around it. Now this way is actually developed by a woman who probably was a little frustrated that she was had all the burden to bear. Uh, who came up with an ultrasound device that would have warmed water that looks like a satchel. Uh, the satchel itself would be controlled by a doctor who 
would put the right amount of water in depending on the testes size. Not going there. So, but, um, but okay. In your case, we're talking. <laughs> yeah, no, my case. We're in just your going case. By the we're story. talking maybe two, three, four gallons, <laughs> like a big bucket that you would get at Home Depot, uh, <laughs> something like that. Now, once in there, it actually creates ultrasound waves, which you don't feel, but the testes uh, will create stop or will stop production for six months' time, so that uh, you will no longer be able to. Um, make babies. So simple way after six days, it is effective. You don't have to do it for six days, but wait six days, kind of like getting your shot. And then, uh, they say bump it every two months and then you should be good to go. It's still theoretical. Hasn't been in practice. There's some diagrams of it on Twitter. You can see where it's just the two little nuts going boop, boop, <laughs> key bag in out. And, uh, next thing you know, you know, you, you slam with no protection. That's fantastic. Worry about AIDS. Fantastic. Yeah, that's a that sounds like a good method if anyone's trying to avoid pregnancy um, or pull out. That also kind of works. Um, paint a little target on their on your partner's belly, and maybe you know stand back a couple feet and see if you can hit that bullseye. Uh, yeah. I mean, anything works. Um, yeah. A le- sounds like certainly less invasive than um, what's that called? Vasectomy. Cer- certainly sounds less invasive than a vasectomy. It's kind of like a temporary vasectomy, is what they're calling yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Okay, Cam, I've got one here for you. Headliner asked nine uh, bald men calling for Hollywood to stop portraying bald as evil. Oh my god, is this another um, um, the uh, Italian corporation <laughs> Shark Tale? Yeah, I knew you were gonna say as that. They, of course, because it's just like, man. It was you, the, uh, the Italian-American standards in film or whatever they were called. The, the next thing we're going to see is like dairy cow or dairy production mad that evil guys keep drinking milk in bad guy films. <laughs> it's like, no, come on. Um, fuck. Is there an association of bald men? That's the first question. And are they like, who's going to those meetings? It's like... <laughs> I imagine 12 bald guys in a circle be like, uh, my name is Cameron. I lost my hair 12 years ago and I identify as a bald man. Hi, Cameron. Right? <laughs> Smooth as a cue ball. I, 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 like, I, I picture the type of thing where uh, like you have to check your toupee at the door. Oh, I love <laughs> you that. You know, like instead of a coat check, it's a toupee check. Yeah, it's like we don't wear those in here, bro. <laughs> we're, we're proud of the shine. You have The Shining? No, just on my head. Just, just the All right. <laughs> uh, I mean, it sounds realistic enough. I just don't know who's coordinating these efforts and how many bald people feel this way. Jason Statham. Bald. That's all the examples I got. <laughs> so what is it? Uh, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Yeah. Bald. Two of the most badass guys out there. Good guys. Um, that being said, yeah, I mean, they do like to portray bald guys like Dr. Evil as evil. Uh, if you're bald, I'm going to go ahead and say a headline, but an unjustified one. This is Ass Nine. I made it up. Fuck. I made it up. That's I knew okay. I'd get you with the Shark Tail thing, too. Uh, that was ah, really the that was really my motive uh, for that. <laughs> All right, cameras. Headliner Ass Nine. Eminem launches... You guessed it. Mom's Spaghetti Restaurant. Mom's. There's vomit on a sweater already. Mom's Spaghetti. He's nervous. On the yep, surface, yeah, he yeah, looks yeah. calm and ready to drop bombs. 
But he keeps on... Go ahead. Yeah, man, I get it. I get it. So, of course, after the popular, um, uh, the uh, uh, gra a Grammy um, gra uh, Oscar Award winner Eminem opens uh restaurant. I think that should have been the main headline. Um, now, this is interesting because, yeah, it sort of feels like a no-brainer. Mom's spaghetti. Everybody knows the lyrics. That's so funny. But like you just said, and you know, there's vomit on his sweater already, Mom's spaghetti. Like, you would think the last thing you would want associated with the food at your restaurant is... You having Vomit just vomited already. it up. And although, yes, you see the movie, you listen to the song, it's vomiting due to nerves. We get it. But, like, I wonder if that's part of the deal. You know, you're like, hey, you want some of that mom's spaghetti? I can't wait to vomit on my sweater already. It's sort of like it's like it's a two-parter. To, to have the full eight-mile Marshall Mathers experience, you eat some of the shitty spaghetti. Oh, by the way, this is eight-mile road level spaghetti like this isn't fine dining this is shitty noodles shitty sauce maybe some salt and pepper slapped together like there's no way that this is nice spaghetti the the, uh, the trailer the trailer house trailer home rather uh setting that eminem sort of painted as his as the the location for his mom's spaghetti to being cooked was not one that would lead me to want to eat it it felt very like bomb spaghetti was a euphemism for canned spaghetti, uh, but he just called it mom spaghetti and he threw it up. Um, seems like a no-brainer. He would open the restaurant in Detroit, but uh, I, 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 I don't think I think with the um, comparisons to the vomiting, I don't think it sounds real. So I'm gonna say this one's asinine. This one is a headline out of Detroit where he is opening up next week an Italian-based spaghetti shop like a mom spaghetti. Um, where he's actually had quite a bit of success doing this as like a food truck type style where he's driving around, saw the success there and said, we're going to double down and make a restaurant out of this in Detroit. Um, you know, I really was hoping that it would have a bunch of puns and everything like on the surface, uh, clams and ready, you know, that's uh, funny. something like that. But uh, just a very traditional spaghetti place. Uh, nothing to do with vomit. Um, yeah, and he's going to be the uh, franchisee of it, hoping to expand as things go well. So now, him. is Marshall Mathers in the kitchen? Is he back there calling out the orders, you know, b b mixing the pot? Is he uh, Is he back there doing stuff? Uh, I think he just uh, gives the money. I mean, he, I, I got to uh, say, he's got to be pretty damn cutting. close to being a billionaire by now. I can't imagine that he's uh, actually cooking, cooking the spaghetti. He's probably one of the wealthiest rappers ever. Uh, so it'd be hard to picture him in the kitchen doing stuff. Yellow note orders. Yeah. Headline, though. That's fantastic. Check Cam. it out if you're in Detroit. <sighs> um, Cam, headliner asinine. God, real theme going with this week. Utah woman scammed into shaving her head. So I hear about people getting scammed all the time because Shannon tells me, she goes, I couldn't get off the phone because this lady got scammed because she, th here's one that I heard. Um, she got scammed from a frauding company who said they were investigating fraud from a fraud of her past. Just like, you know, make sure you pay me on PayPal. Yeah. That should be a sign that you're getting scammed. No one accepts PayPal as a legit business. Uh, or like Western Union works really well. We can give you a discount. <laughs> um, scammed into doing their hair though. I could see easily someone just bored in lockdown 
somehow convincing someone kind of like a catfish style to be like, Hey, we're uh, doing a charity donation. We're paying everyone like 50 bucks to shave their head uh, for this great cause. Uh, Shave your head and we'll send you the money. Something that seems generous. And then it's just like, yeah, we're not, you look like an idiot. A little bit of a sad story, but in a sense, well-deserved because just have better internet literacy, please. Headline. Cam, this is a headline here for you. That is right. This is the story of Megan Randolph, a model from Layton, Utah, who was the victim of a scam, but not a financial fraud, uh, send us money on PayPal scam like you would think. No, it all started when this woman received a text message from a woman named Ashley, representing a company called Red Ken Beauty. Uh, The company would then give you money based on you sending videos of you shaving your hair and then donating the hair. More hair, more money. Uh, Somehow, by the end of this conversation, uh, Megan Rudolph's head and eyebrows were shaven off for the promise of a couple thousand dollars. Um, Randolph had been out of work since late 2020 after recovering from injuries that she got sustained in a car accident. So when the opportunity to make $2,000 came up, she said to herself and her husband, we kind of have to take it. Of course, the money never came. <laughs> and now she feels devastated and feels fell, feels even worse that she fell for it. Um, so I guess what happened was Red, this Red Ken Beauty asked her for an amount of hair and would give her an amount of money corresponding with that amount of hair and videos of her shaving. Um, and initially, even when she had sent a video of her shaving herself into a buzz cut, the following message was actually, can you shave it all the way down to the skin? Like, you know, like a buzz cut leaves a few millimeters or whatever. Shaved it all the way down to the skin. And their online presence, their website, all of their sort of info seemed to work. Or rather, it was convincing enough uh, to convince this woman to shave uh, her entire hair. She just feels devastated like she was gutted, uh, you know, embarrassed more than anything else. She's been wearing toques um, in the meantime. But yeah, Cam, you are right. Like it says, you just these scams on the phone... You need to be weary. Hell, the uh, the couple, they even double-checked the phone number that was messaging them, and it was registered to Red Ken Beauty copyright or everything. That's you know, crazy. It got pretty close. Uh, but, Cam, like you said, people are going to call you with scams and shit all the time. I was called uh, last week about a scam type thing and it was like hey so you have a td account right i'm like yeah and they're like hey so there's this new td service which is gonna give you free credit checks and i'm like okay and then they're like well we need your email and address and i was like okay well td would have that information already and they say oh well actually because we're a third party we don't have access to that and i was kind of at work i was literally at the top of a scissor lift and then i gave the she, you know, this woman kept trying to reassure me that, like, oh, like, you can believe me. And I'm like, I believe you. I'm just at work right now. Can you call me back uh, this time tomorrow? Yeah. And then she's like, uh, okay, we'll call you back. And then it sort of hangs up. And then I'm like, yeah. That's why. Something's a little... That's why. Because if you genuinely cared about your job, your position, helping the public, you would be like, yeah, Mr. Osborne, when's a good time to call? Uh, Don't get scammed out there, folks. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it happens to the best of us in a sense, but you you got to know when you're deep enough in the hole to go, something feels awry, and if it feels awry, just say, I'll come do this at the bank. Amen. Amen to that. Hey, Cam, I don't know why we're going on this weird theme here, but I got another one. Uh, Indian Salon fined $271,000 
for botching model's haircut. Weird. Wow, that's a lot of a lot of hair hair hairs and balls today here on the podcast. Hairy balls. Uh when, how'd you not suck if that's your name? Dude, there was a kid in my school, uh like butts was his last name or something. I don't know. Um, okay, two hundred seventy-one thousand dollars being fined for fucking up this haircut. Uh, probably a lot at play. You know how how expensive was this haircut in the first place? You know, I mean, there are probably some higher end salons that may charge one, two, even maybe five grand for a do. Uh, this sounds like one of those things in America where like you you. You, you you get to sue for, like, pain and suffering and then also, like, damages lost, right? Where it's like, yeah, I'm a model and I need to look good and because of this haircut, I will lose X amount of dollars, X being approximately, you know, $250,000 based on, like, wages that you cannot make. Um, this is a big one. I can only imagine this is a story about a woman. And I just say that because... I am yet to meet a man who cares about their haircut. Um, I have long hair. Cam, you have great hair. But you are not one to shy away from, Hey, Ange, I need a fresh do. Uh, I, I love my mother to bit. You know, I love my mother to bits. But my mother would never walk up to her parents, her friend, be like, Hey, I know you don't cut hair, but do you mind cutting my hair? Uh, it does feel like a very kind of like, uh, you know, lady exclusive type of problem. Not to say that it can't happen to men. Um, I imagine that's something to do with that. Uh, a lot of people get upset with haircuts, right? They forget that hair grows back. It's really funny that when you go get a haircut, you're there because it's grown too much. And then you get the haircut and you immediately forget that it's going to grow again. You think to yourself, well, this is permanent now. It's almost like the feeling. Any I don't know if you've also had this feeling. Uh, if you're if you've ever done like hallucinogenic drugs, you forget for a second that they will wear off and you'll be fine tomorrow. But there's a moment in the trip where you're like, "Well, this is my life now, and this is permanent. So I better figure out what life is now." Uh, this all this all sounds about right. It's a perfect number amount. Uh, we're on Harry Balls, uh, so I'm gonna say this is a headline. This is a headline, and I think this is a good example of a, a bad court case that's not going to go over well. So, the hotel chain in Delhi is appealing the verdict because a woman who got a haircut at the salon gave very specific instructions. Said, I want it this long, don't go too short, and they went a little too short for her. After this, she had a mental, severe mental breakdown, unable to look at herself in the mirror, and trauma due to negligence wow. because she could not concentrate on her job and finally lost her job, which has been noted she quit her job as a model. I actually didn't even say, yeah, she was a model, sorry. Uh, this happened in 2018, gave specific instructions. They botched it. They said, oh, we're sorry. We'll give you free hair treatment and uh, a, like makeup all done. And she was like, my life is over and I couldn't be happier. Bah! Um... And then, yeah, she's trying to sue for two, 20 million rupees. So I don't think this is going to go well in court for you because you quit your job and you had a breakdown over four inches. And this feels like the type of thing, too, where, you know, you go to a steakhouse and you eat, you eat like seven-eighths of the steak. And then you say, excuse me, waiter, this was a little undercooked. And it's like, well, you ate the yeah. entire fucking thing. Like, when you're getting a yeah. haircut, you can see exactly what's happening. 
and you know, it's a very voluntary service. You didn't have to go get your haircut. You chose to get your haircut. Actually, the place where I got, uh, I mean, I haven't gotten a haircut in years, but the place that I like to go to here in the city, they do this fun thing where they turn you around. So you're not yeah, facing that too. You're not facing the uh, the mirror, and you're kind of like, "Ooh, this is a little interesting," because uh, then you turn around and it is actually like a like a wow. And you're moment. like, ah, I'm it's a like, new person. Holy shit, yeah, whole new dude, whole new dude. You're like, you put marker on my face. <laughs> <laughs> why did you? Why did you uh, make me look like a kitty cat with whiskers? <laughs> <laughs> All those types of things. So watch out where you're getting your hair cut. Watch out who's telling you to cut your hair. And be sure to uh, keep things away from your penis. I think that's what we learned on this week's headline or Ask Nine. And God, that's probably what we learned on this week's episode of Two Season a Pod. Thank you for listening, folks. Remember, you can rate, review, like, and subscribe. The show is all over the place. And uh, God, you know, we're 11 episodes away from that big hundo. Yeah, we're so close, and we have no plan for it. I'll probably coincide with some sort of live show. I think I have followed out throughout the calendar, and it will correspond with your birthday-ish. By that time, I will also be living in a new apartment. You know, I'll have a new studio of my own, so uh, we'll be able to make something happen. Something's got to happen. Something. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Hey, uh... Thanks for. Did you already say your? Thanks I already for said. I'm, I'm waiting for okay. your. Never forget people. my fact. Yep. <laughs> never forget. John Jones holds the record for fastest time being arrested after a Hall of Fame speech. <laughs> I'm Cam LeClaire <laughs> signing off. Take care, folks. <laughs> Continuing tonight on two C's in a pod. 96.7 on your. Two C's in a pod, 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 two C's in a